Ahoy there, landlubbers! Whispers in the Sea is an actual play series drawing elements from stories of fantasy horror, political drama, and swashbuckling action and adventure pirate stories. As such, a list of content warnings will always be made available in the description. Alright, I get the sense that something potentially bad has happened. Is there anything I need to know? Oh no, it's funny you ask. To be honest, uh, the head actually belongs to that dear lady in the corner. And, um, like, reaches into the, the orb and, like, pulls out the head. What the f- Okay. No, that's- yeah, yeah. It is not elegant. It is not- it is not gorgeous. It is not beautiful in any way, shape, or form. You are watching as this ostrich chokes out something as spittle and blood and its feathers become- it rustles its feathers as it- and it coughs out a coin purse onto the ground in front of you. Can I can I say that the cloth that Felix had wrapped the head in is now like in place of the head is the is the coin purse? Oh yeah. Oh no, about the little disturbance last night. I didn't mean to cause you any trouble or worry you. I hope you understand. I assumed that it was not your intent to do that no I, I don't I don't believe that you all meant any harm but I do hope that you understand that I have many questions as do I to be honest what's your name Katarina no less we're gonna need to find you a new identity I needed to come here and make sure that you know that even if this has gotten away with even if we get away with this rather unless you're still in a lot of danger and I want you to know that you have someone. I will help you. I have helped people change identities in the past in more ways than one. And if you need an ear, if you need help, you come knock on my broom closet any time you want. I know there's a lot of talk about holes opening up on the ship, heads, it's a lot of strange magical things happening. But that is because we are going after a strange and magical treasure, which is right over there and points off to the island. Bryn, as Hano points over towards the island, you get this sense, almost like a wave moving through you. This deep oh. emanating from the island. Avery, mm -hmm. as the sound of this bell washes over you again and again, the only thing your mind can fixate on in this moment, it's like, it's a thought that just comes out of nowhere. Because Avery, one day you're going to die, you know? I'm letting you know now that I have a bad feeling. As do I. But you know what this does mean. Mm. Whatever it is is valuable. I'll perch myself in the crow's nest. And if anything comes, I will come after you. Thank you, Eldor. Now I don't want to alarm anyone. Comforting words to start with. Yes. We're well, not the only ones here. Potentially. We're not the only ones Potentially. Here. Uh, tracks on the beach. A few sets. Someone's been here in the past couple of days, if not, you know, in the past right. day.
Ahoy there, sailors, and welcome to another episode of Tales Yet Told, an actual play podcast dedicated to telling weird and fun stories full of imagination, thoughtful characterization, and inclusivity. I am your most humble of game masters, Kendrick, or Kindo if you prefer. I use they, he pronouns, and with me today is the saltiest sea dogs the captain could ask for, Gus. Hey, what's a sea dog, anyway? I was just wondering. I am... Oh, a seal, a seal it, does make sense. There's a thing called a dogfish, but I bet that's not it. I don't think that's it. The terrible dogfish? What are we, Pinocchio? Yeah. So you get a hot dog. You coat it in batter. You dip it in the ocean. You dip it in the ocean. It's a hot dog, but the meat is all seafood. It's a, it's all. It's a shrimp dog. Gr- grind up some shrimp and some... What is all it right. actually, Kendrick? It is a shark. It is an antiquated it's term a for a shark. Okay. Yippee! Yippee! Hi, I'm Salty Shark number one. My name is Gus or August if you like. I use he, him pronouns. And today, as always, I will be playing Felix Cormier. You know him. You know him. You know him. (laughs) You know who else you know? Hilda. Ahoy there. Uh, I'm Hilda. I use she, her pronouns. I will be playing Avery per usual, who uses he, him pronouns. I guess this is the shark tank now, so I will be shark number two. You know who else is in the shark tank? Marceline. And for that, I'm out. <laughs> I knew it. I knew somebody was <laughs> going to make a I shark was so tank. happy. I was hoping that somebody uh, yeah, would do the, yeah. I'm Marceline. Uh, today I'm feeling like using they it pronouns. That's what we're doing. Um, I play Bryn. Bryn's kind of a little, I don't know. <sighs> Fuck, man. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, she her pronouns. Prince pronouns sure. are fucking. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just kind of greased up. You know who else is greased up? <laughs> Alice. <laughs> I'm sorry, gang. It's been a while since last we recorded. I think we're a little feral on this one. Hello. Uh, my name is Ellis, and I'm <sighs> greasy, and <laughs> and I use they, them pronouns. I will be portraying Thorin and Eldorus, who use he, him, and she, her pronouns, respectively, and they are not greasy, so I live vicariously through them. Ah, yes. As we all live vicariously through our characters in this game we are playing, which is Rapscallion, a, uh, powered by the Apocalypse, a game of piracy and swashbuckling uh, by Whistler. Uh, we're still playing that Ashcan edition. You know, you know the deal. You know where to find stuff. Uh, but yeah, well, I assume you do, because this shouldn't be the first episode you're listening to. And if it is, I mean, not shame on you, I guess, because I'm not your parent. You can do what you want. Maybe you're doing the secret order. Who knows? I'll be mad, though. I'll be pissed. <laughs> well, you've pissed off Marcy. <laughs> this is the first so. episode. Yeah, that's cool. Know that Marcy's mad at you. Kendo doesn't care. Marcy, though. And we can see. We can see, uh, by <laughs> we the way. We, we, can, we can look at every episode, and we can see the, uh, which order you watch them in. We can see it on the data. They we've got it to your us, IP sure. address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're gonna they send find us the you. physical location of every uh, of every play of our podcast. Just, just so you know, just so you know, recordings like, like all like the streaming services, they turn on your microphone when you listen to our podcast. So <laughs> Netflix knows you <laughs> like this podcast. 
think about it. When you're listening to this podcast, what you say, what you do, I'm you know. really disgusted with you all. <laughs> well, this is a, this is an energy to start the start the yeah, show know, with, man. isn't it? This kinda, is an I energy. I think it's fun. I think I'm it's neat. Cry. <laughs> all right, gang. Well, you know, there's only one place all this energy belongs to: the waves. Our camera opens up on a dense forest. Trees rising above your heads, 20, 30 feet, blocking out the sun in most places with sparse bits of light peeking through as the six of you, Bryn, Avery, Felix, Thorin, Katarina, and Captain Hano, Make your way through the forest of this small island off the coast of Espinora to where you believe the Vault of the Black Egg is hidden. Bryn, as you are kind of leading this group, feeling the mass of vibrations ebbing and flowing outward from somewhere towards the center of this island where this large mountain towers overhead, even higher than the forests. You feel the vibrations, familiar, home-like. The vibrations, the hum of a driftwood grove. A hum that Avery, you too can feel only it feels less comforting. It feels heavy and burdensome, like a weight on your shoulders that you just can't shake off. You all have been marching through the woods here for five or 10 minutes. Your voices, if you speak at all, hushed as you know that potentially there are people nearby. The people who were on the shores who hid their tracks from you, though not well enough. Potential allies or enemies. You're not sure which, but you do know that the chance that they are after the same thing that you are is high. What is going on through everyone's minds as you march through these woods in the direction of treasure? Thorin was prepared to... I mean, like, at the very least, after seeing the tracks, you know, go to this, to Captain Hano with this information, like, and hear her, like, oh, let's scout, you know, scout out for 24 hours, you know, with something like, let's, you know, do, let's do a scout, let's do this. And Thorin has made a choice to not fight against Hano because he's trying to, because maybe he's just being paranoid, you know? Yeah. He just feels bad. He just feels like every decision is is bad. But he is at this point choosing against his own judgment to trust his captain. And he's wrestling with that. Yeah. I think overall Avery's mind is probably not very focused on the current, the task at hand, but more on obviously what happened back on the boat and just um, being so enveloped by that hum being on the island where it's originating from is probably a lot for him to handle. And it's just starting to sound a little bit like a dirge. 
the call of like inevitable. So yeah, trying to ignore that feeling and wrestle with it. I think as you, as your mind starts to connect that feeling, that hum with that of a dirge, I think your mind is called or even finds some familiarity in it with that of the dirge eterni. The song that is played in perpetuity in the cathedral of first song, the song that never ends or well, when it does, so does everything else. Yeah, I think that's what that hum basically is to Avery right now. I think the main thing going through Bryn's mind right now is like you said, um, this sensation of the hum feels particularly similar to a driftwood grove. And I think the only place Bryn's mind can go to is home. But the idea of home you know, remembering childhood, um, thinking about the people there and the culture and the life that is there feels muddied and unclear. Bren almost has to like force herself to build these images in her head. And something there in those memories feels intangible to recollection. And it's it scares her for a little bit for a minute of like, why can't I remember why can't I remember these certain things? And she keeps pressing on, curious what this is. Yeah. I think as you continue on trying to grasp at these fleeting ethereal memories, I think the one thing that Bryn is able to hold on to in this moment is that of the hum, the thing keeping her moving forward. It is the only thing that seems to be tangible for her in this moment. I think Felix is trying to keep his mind on the on the on the treasure hunt. I think he is uh you know hoping it will be a a, a nice distraction from from everything else, but I think uh I think his his thoughts keep coming back to you know he he, he is still indebted to Damien. You know, everyone knows about basically all of his secrets now and uh he he is um he's concerned about that i think as you're walking you uh, out of the corner of your eye as you are you know making your way through this forest you get the sense of being watched out of the corners of eyes in the periphery whether or not it is true or not or it could just be your companions looking around for possible danger or just trying to make sure that their footfalls are in a sturdy, stable place uh, so that they don't trip and fall through this forest. But I think that in the back of your mind, there is this tingling sensation of, do the people here trust me? Yeah. And are they afraid that I might betray them in these moments? As you all are walking, uh, Thorin, I think uh, you get a sense uh, with Bryn is leading the way, but uh, Captain Hano isn't too far behind her. And I think you are getting a very strong sense of both urgency and desperation from her. 
uh, as uh, any like thick parts of uh, of of a forest and like foliage and vines and such that may be impeding your path that Bryn can simply just move through. Uh, Captain Hanu is taking her trident and slashing at uh, some of them to kind of clear the way. And the, you can tell by her movements and by her stride that she is getting reckless in a way that is... Uh, Captain Hanu can always be a little reckless, but I think you can tell that it is getting to a point of possibly putting you all in danger, if not seen to. I think I mentioned last session that going up, uh, Thorn would take the rear, so he's knowing that he's he's watching this, and I can hear her all the way back here. And would Avery or Felix be in front of me in the order? Up to them. Who do you want to interact with more? <laughs> like seriously, up to you. I, I really no preference. We could. It would probably make sense to put Avery in the middle. Cool. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So um, Thorin comes up behind you, Felix, and says real quick, I'm going to go forward with, uh, going to talk to the captain about something real quick, so I just want to let you know that you're in the rear for now, okay? Uh, Felix, Felix nods. I think Felix, when you, uh, when you, when you come up behind him, I think he, like, just, just, just a tiny bit, just, you know, jumps a little bit. I think Thorin clocks that. I think, I think Felix just, like, Gives a, a a very stern nod and uh, takes that rear position. Yeah. He sees that recognition that you're taking that position and gives you a gentle, kind pat on your shoulder before walking forward. Yeah. Thorin, you make your way up, catching uh, forward in the group, uh, catching up with Captain Hano, leaving Felix back here to uh, come up the rear and... Felix, I'm, I'm not quite sure if this is a natural inclination that happens or an inclination that kind of seeps into your mind. Uh, but with Thorn having moved up, you are now back here behind Avery where no one else could see you. Thorin, uh, you catch up with Captain Hano. Uh, she doesn't immediately like recognize that you've moved up because she's busy trying to head the way alongside or, like, just behind Bryn. We've never actually talked about this, but Thorin, in my kit, I have two weapons. The smaller sidearm is a sickle, and the, the primary one is a broadsword. Yeah, yeah that something works. like that. Yeah. Something, yeah, you know. Uh, but specifically, he was thinking about, how do I approach this without... Uh, Hey, Captain, be quiet. You're doing a bad job. So Thorin, uh, after passing by Avery real quick and kind of waving hi at Avery for a second, comes up to Tony. And while giving um, some room uh, between them, Oh, no. Sorry, I don't don't mean to spook you. She's slashing. (laughs) Yes, Thorin. I, um, I realized... Uh, while I was at the back, you know, I'm watching you struggle with uh, what what kind of weapon is she using? To... Uh, trident. And she's... Uh, because, right, the trident, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's using her trident, and because she only has one arm, she's having to hold it, like, closer to uh, the actual tip of it, like, just, like, a little bit uh, below, like, uh, the head of the shaft, and is, like, trying to 
cut it like that. It's a little awkward, but she has become quite used to having to to, to use it in this fashion. Right. He comes up to me and says, uh, I, I noticed you're really, you know, maybe struggling a little bit with the with the trident and um, because of the, the, you know, fabulous weapon, perhaps not the best for uh, cutting through uh, grass. I, and I and I realized I was back there. I should have told you sooner. I actually have a sickle, um, and it's very good to use with one hand as well. Or I could, if you would prefer, you could take the rear, and I could take this, whatever you would prefer. And it's also uh, the other good thing about the sickle is it's also quieter. You see, <laughs> she she stops cutting away at uh, <laughs> at the leaf, uh, uh, at the vines and stuff. You can see she is like sweating and like panting like taking in deep breaths and it's just like Thorin what did we say about talking really loud people can hear us okay if you needed me to be quieter I can be quieter but you know we're making our way through I think all the conversation is just slowing us down we just gotta keep moving okay if you want me to take the sickle I'll take the sickle and we'll like hold her hand out to take it and like put uh, the, the trident underneath her arm Thorin immediately hands her the sickle and gives her a stern look. It's not mean, but it is a very serious look to try to attach to, you know. Yeah. Are you trying to uh, size her up in this moment? No, I, I I think he knows what's going on here. Gotcha. Or, or, or uh, potentially, I was going to say try to parlay, but I don't know if that's necessarily it in this moment. When you parlay with an interested party, you offer something and role plus polish. I don't think you're really offering anything in this moment, unless you would like to. And I'm offering the sickle. Is the sickle in, in exchange for something? I was going to say, it does feel like kind of a power exchange, if that makes sense, and like yeah. a sense of like, I know there is a bit of power tension between these two people. Yeah. And so even like this, even this has a bit of tension in this small moment. And Thorne does not know why. He's trying to be so cool and and everybody is just taking shit in the worst way. I was going to say another reason why I initially gave size up is because it has options and they're like, how could I get you to be quiet? Uh, Or how are you actually feeling? Or like, what's your goal here? If that was a thing you're interested in. But if you're more interested in just getting her to do the thing, then we can do parlay. We are in a dangerous situation. I, we're, I'm not trying to talk with her and, like, do a size up. I'm like, how are you really feeling right now? We, I need you to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. All right, roll uh, plus polish. With the plus one, it's a seven. On a seven and nine, they want to see you hold up your end of the bargain first, or they change the terms. Yeah, so she she holds out her hand for, uh, for the sickle. Yep, and Thorn gives it right over. All right, she takes it. I fall back to the rear immediately. I think before you fall fully back, she uh, she takes the sickle, puts it under her arm, takes her trident uh, back in her hand, and then uh, hands it out to you. I can't hold both. Yeah, I take it. I'll try to be quiet. And goes back to cutting the, the vines. A lot quieter now, now that she's not having to exert the extra motion uh, using the, the trident. If I'm holding her weapon, being so far behind... I'm going to stay behind her, look back at Felix, and just kind of be like... Felix, do you respond to the to the hand signals that our audience can't see? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like, yeah, just kind of <laughs> giving hand signals to, like, indicate I'm staying here uh, behind Hano. Are you comfortable staying in the rear? Yeah, F- Felix, Felix... Thumbs up. Felix yeah. just 
Yeah, it gives a thumbs up. That sounds good. Yeah. All right, dope. Just like kind of glancing out of the corner of her eye, Bryn seeing like Thorn and Felix have this exchange. Like Bryn takes a moment to kind of give like intentional nonsense hand signals for a minute. <laughs> to Felix as well. Yeah. I love this. Is great radio, gang. This is great radio. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing radio. I w- audience. I wish you can see the hand signals going down here. It's like good. it's it's quite good. Quite it's like interpretive good. art almost. Amazing. Thorin sees Bryn do that and is immediately straight just like, up tutting going on. It's like, a bad omen. It's a, it's bad, a, bad, <laughs> it's a bad omen. Not everything's a bad omen, Thorin. <laughs> I think Bryn kind of catches. I hope that Bryn catches Thorin's glance for a second. And just kind of smiles. <laughs> he sees that, and you see the most. He's trying so hard to get along with you, uh, children. He's, he looks at you, and he goes, uh, like kind of like this awkward ass half grin and then looks at Hanu again as she's cutting away kind of quieter I actually think Felix plays along with the joke I think he does like like he like acknowledges Bryn's hand signals and then does a few like nonsense ones back Mm -hmm. Avery what are you doing as uh, your companions are doing nonsense hand signals to each other oh I'm just I'm oblivious to all of it I'm just, like, so focused on, like, the path and the hum that, like, whoever's in front of me, I think... I think it's Katarina. I'm just watching where their feet are going, and I'm following them. But I'm, like, too wrapped up in everything else to, like, pay attention to Thorin, you know, going up front or hand signals being thrown all over (laughs) above and around me, so... Amazing. So, you all continue along this path with Bryn leading you. Bryn, you are still feeling the hum of what only feels like a driftwood grove ahead of you. And time passes, minutes become hours, and you all make your way closer and closer to the center of this island. And the closer you get, the stronger these waves feel. For both you, Avery, and you, Bryn, this sense of familiarity, of home, of death. And I think eventually, after three, four hours, you make it to where you feel the source is. You come to a point in the forest where up ahead the tree line breaks out into a clearing. You can hear the sounds of what kind of sounds like a river nearby. And once you break out into this clearing, you see that there is uh, a bit of a clearing and a river leading further up towards, uh, in the direction of where the mountain is, uh, kind of carving a path through this part of the forest. And when you get here, you... I guess, Bryn, you would be the first to notice that some of the trees towards the actual, like, tree line, the ones that would be the closest to this river, are driftwood trees. They're different from the tall oaks of uh, that most of this forest is. They are these skinny, white black and like white and dark brown splotchy almost kind of like a birch 
where the actual trunk uh, has this like like papery, almost translucent outer bark. Um, and you can see where it's been chipped away and there's this deep, dark, almost black wood uh, underneath. They are thin, wiry trees with uh, these gold and brown leaves uh, sprouting out from them, much different than the bright greens of the rest of the forest as it is still spring. Um, these trees look like they are almost in a perpetual autumn coloration. And, and Bryn, I think the first thing that kind of comes to you is that like these, while they are driftwood trees, these are not like the healthiest trees, you know? The, uh, the driftwood trees that you remember are huge, strong, uh, sturdy things, where these seem almost starved for the, uh, the material that makes it what it is, uh, the meteorite dust. But yes, you, you kind of come to this clearing where you start to see these trees growing along the edges of a riverbank, uh, leading you further in the direction of uh, the mountain. I think upon noticing that we have maybe paused for a moment, like I almost I almost run into Katarina. Oh. Oh, I, I'll, I'll like look up and clock the different the different trees and i i don't think i've maybe ever seen a driftwood tree before yeah i don't think you have yeah so having never seen this type of tree before and it looking just so distinct and you know having these different points about the island i'm gonna go ahead and quietly take out my notebook and start sketching a couple of the trees um writing down a couple of the characteristics and stuff that i see of them yeah. Yeah, I think as you all come out here, I think Captain Hano uh, kind of looks around, sees, you know, that you're all by this riverbank and turns to everyone and says, all right, I think this might be a good place to rest. Get some water, fill tankards, whatever we need before uh, we keep moving. Gets out a flask uh, from, uh, from her coat and goes to start filling it at the river. I thought she was about to start drinking. I was so panicked. <laughs> Hano? Yes? I'm not sure partaking of water from here is the best of ideas. What, is there something in it? I'm not sure. Um, I think, like, Bren takes a second and, like, puts, like, um, her hand on one of the trees and kind of feels it and, like, kind of observes the ground. You said, like, the ground is almost, like, ashen around these trees, right? Like, the, the soil seems, like, a bit... It does not necessarily... Actually, hmm, I didn't say that, but sure, why not? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, well, I was saying, like, the uh, bark of the yeah. trees are, yeah, like, yeah. this really pale, papery thing, but yeah. I think it also makes sense as these trees are almost sucking the land dry, trying to get the nutrients it needs out of a mineral that is scarcely here and is, like, in some ways, like killing the land around it. And I think you see that some of the other trees that aren't these driftwood trees are much smaller than the rest of the trees around or uh, have patches where leaves have fallen off or, or uh, uh, limbs have died and, and broken off as well. I think that's saying that Bryn points out to Hano and Bryn is, Hano, um, the trees and the life around this place, it seems like it's being sapped taken away, dying in a way, not so much as it's leaving, but just being stored in these trees. I remember back home, the forests and the driftwood, 
they were sparse, rarely filled with life, other than the ones before you. These are driftwood trees. At the moment I hear you say the word driftwood, I'm, Avery like looks up from his sketching. Unfortunately, yes, they're a mere speck of what they were back home, at least what I remember. When I was young, I'd run amongst them, and it was as if I could build a little house inside the trunks themselves. It's sad. I hope they're still that big back home. Um, but yes, these are, sorry, these are driftwood trees, of course. Um, there's an energy about them, an etherealness. They're sadder than I remember. Thorne, I think you also recognize, you know, as Bryn has, like, kind of called attention to the trees uh, and you look about them, that you can tell, like, underneath the, like, papery thin bark uh, into, like, the deep, dark, almost black trunk of, uh, of the tree itself, you recognize this wood uh, as being a lot of the wood that the Bois Perdue is made of the wood that Johan wasn't able to find. Though, with trees this size, you wonder how any, how many it would take to even build a boat, let alone repair it. Yeah, it would probably wipe out the growth that's here, so... But still, Thorin makes a note of it, and is there... Thorin is a bit of a sentimental person. Uh, is Is there just, like, a stick of driftwood on the ground? Yeah, you can probably find one. Just like a tiny, like I'm talking like six inches match, something that he could just put in a pocket. Yeah. Thorin does that real quick, like kind of covertly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Avery's already definitely pocketed a stick the moment that, <laughs> the moment that. <laughs> he's taken a leaf and like put and pressed <laughs> yeah, it in no, the book. Yeah, no, he's pressed it into his, yep, absolutely, yeah. As we're staying in the forest, Bryn goes to one of the trees and starts to peel and pick at this birch-like bark, almost like the thickness, I imagine, of a page in a book. And Bryn peels off a sizable sheet of that, like, paper-like bark. Okay, yeah, you've got you've got a sheet of that paper-like bark. Was there a thing you were expecting me to do immediately? <laughs> I'm curious about something. Okay. That's yeah. good. Don't, uh, yeah, no, it's cool. Okay, we've got it for now. We'll keep that in our back pocket. This is a mouse tool that'll be useful for us later. <laughs> yeah, I think Bryn kind of quietly goes and like places that piece in uh, Avery's hands. Thank you, Bryn. Of course. Um, back home, it's customary that if you have a, a letter of something important to write down, you write it on a small piece of driftwood bark. It's said to have some sort of connection to that beyond um, to write to those you cannot write any longer. Does this work with all driftwood? Um, not sure. Not sure if it works at all. Um, it's just something, you know, you say the... Just a, an idea that it's perpetuated. Okay. Of course. Of course. I, I thank you very much, Bryn. I will use it as appropriate. I'm, I'm sorry, what can it do? You can talk to people from beyond. I know what it means. As soon as it was said, I know what it means. And I'm so glad you've given me such a wonderful bullet. Uh Here's the thing. Thorn would hear that and probably, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Carve him off yeah. a piece? Yeah, why not? Start carving off, like, a, a few bark slices yeah. to stow away. Let me get this... Let me just get this right. So Bryn, like, 
like if it's a birch tree, just like peeled off a little like thing of bark. Okay, I'm just gonna roll it up like a little scroll. Yeah. And put it in my bag. If I can add on to the cultural thing that has has just been made here, I think part of the like the the ritual that this is is that you write it on it, you put it in a little bottle, you put you you roll it up like a little scroll in a bottle, and you float it off at sea. And it said you'll you'll get you'll get a message back. You'll get a response. I like that. Thorin takes th- makes three little scrolls, and I think in a weird way, kind of does this long Avery a little bit. Not like next to, but just like you suddenly you see these two lads just peeling pieces off trees <laughs> for various <laughs> reasons, picking up sticks. I'm gonna use this yeah. for my fort. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> going at these trees. Yeah. Felix, what are you doing as uh, everyone's talking about these trees and collecting barks and twigs? <laughs> Felix doesn't give a shit about these trees. I I think Felix hears like Bryn say the say say that about them, and I think he has a a moment of just like, no, nope, not 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 getting involved in this. No, like talking to the dead. I don't think so. <laughs> no, I have one too many supernatural things going on in my life already. This is and for uh, that I'm out. <laughs> this is not something I want to fuck with. I also don't know if Felix. Oh man, this may be kind of sad. I don't know if Felix uh, has anyone that he would want to talk to. Yeah, I guess that's interesting. Does does that like does Felix like spend the time to like sit here and like think through like who would I even talk to? Oh, he does. Yeah, he absolutely does. And comes up with no one. I talk to myself because I'm freaking dead inside, bro. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> talk to my inner demons. Oh wait. I, I don't think I was the fucking welcome to my world. <laughs> welcome to my world. Does anyone else want to do anything while you're in this space amongst these trees, uh, taking this moment? Hano's just kind of like sitting at the edge uh, of the river. She's poured back out the, the water and is just kind of sitting here, uh, knelt by it, like looking into the water and then occasionally like around and then up towards the mountain. Uh, and Katarina is resting, uh, leaned up against uh, one of the trees, just kind of watching you all go on about collecting <laughs> all of this stuff and talking. Just go full Boy Scout. Yeah. Felix uh, starts to take a step away from the from the group, and he um, tries to catch uh, Katarina's eye, and he's he's motioning <laughs> for her to follow him. Yeah, like let's go talk somewhere else. Yeah. And I don't think he goes very far. Like, mm-hmm. I think I think the others would still be able to see him even. Yeah. Um, like, you're like, let's go further down the river, like, closer to the trees. Not like, yeah. let's go deeper into the forest where no one can see us. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I think, takes a second to think and then eventually, like, <sighs> begrudgingly gets up and nods and she follows you. Okay, so uh, Felix, you and Katarina uh, move further down uh, the river uh, out of earshot of the rest of the crew, uh, but still in eye line so that everyone can see uh, where the two of you are uh, and no one thinks that you're just kind of <laughs> absconded somewhere. You, you, you pull it down. What do you, what do you say? Yeah, um, first thing Felix does is he reaches into his... Uh, into his his bag and uh, pulls out and, and hands to Katrina uh, to Guild. 
still like in the bag or do you like take the money out of the bag to get her? No, I think in the bag. Okay, yeah. So you hold out this bag of money <laughs> to her and she kind of has this immediate like, what the hell? <laughs> kind of like shocked expression. She goes, so what's this for then? It's, uh, well, it's your cut. The contract's complete. So it works then. I want to believe this means you're safe. But I don't know. I don't know. At, at the very least, you're safer. Thorin told me I'd probably need to come up with a new identity to travel as. Yes, I think so. Been trying to think of a name. It's uh, hard to choose a name. You know, something that you want to be known by. I think you take for granted the one you're given, thinking that uh, that's all you'll ever need to be known as. But, uh, you know, I guess this gives me the chance to find something that's my own, I guess. suppose so. Felix says, well, I think that's a, it's a grand opportunity, isn't it? Not one that, uh, not one that most of us get. Aye. I don't know what I expect you to do with that money. I don't. And I suppose I want that to be something of an apology and, and, and you don't have to forgive me for ruining your life. Felix, you didn't ruin any. Like you said before, it would either be you or someone else. I, uh, I guess thank you for not going through with it and uh, going to the lengths that you did to protect me, even. I don't think just anybody would have done that. It's a strange thing. Something about... You know, I, I, I was never a sailor, pirate, or whatever you want to call what we are. Something about being at sea as... Well, I've, I've, uh, I've just realized how few choices I've really had the opportunity to make in my life. And I thought, I thought that maybe... The choice not to kill you would be a good place to start. Well, I'm thankful that's where you chose, rather than later. Thank you, Felix. Felix nods, and he uh, he kind of looks back to where the, the rest of the group is, and uh, still talking to Katarina, he mm -hmm. says, Everything's different now. I've never had anyone know this much about me. I'm being quite honest. I really don't think I know that much about you, Felix. I mean, yes, we all know who you're affiliated with and who you work for, but other than the fact that you're a killer, I mean, what do we really know about you? There's not much else to know. And Felix kind of walks away from the conversation. Does anybody else have anything they want to do during this rest period? I think it dawns on Thorne that he told Eldorus to come get them should anything go down without her really knowing where to find them. Yeah. And I think he takes out that blue mirror. Like, are we coming close to the cave at this point? I, I think judging from the distance, uh, you all are to the like central, like kind of mountain range and like a hilly, like valley part of it um, that you all have kind of ascertained. You're probably like another two, three miles uh, away from the center of the island. I think he'll wait until we're, like, about to go in the cave. And at the cave, we'll put out the blue 
mirror, and he just kind of makes a mental note to do that. Okay, yeah. I think Bren uh, takes a moment and walks to one of the nearby trees, and for a moment uh, kind of just takes their, their, their thumbnail and scratches at their meteorite tooth. Um, just not so hard, but just in like, you know, how, how you, if your teeth are dirty, you almost, you scrape the enamel, or like the, you know, the enamel, whatever, off. And more symbolically than anything, um, goes and kind of takes the, the small, whatever bit might be under her nail and kind of, um, like rubs it against the bark of one of the trees and kind of mumbles to herself. May the world be kind to you. May you grow sturdy. And may whoever's bones you become, you give them the strength they need. As you say this soft prayer, you feel your words become vibration, become potential, and energy moving from you into this tree. And you feel it resonate in it. And you feel it return this energy in kind. And you all keep moving. Uh, I think, Bryn, you can tell that uh, the direction you all should be heading kind of is like essentially following this river uh, further towards the center of the island. And so you all uh, walk along this riverbank for a good hour or two until you reach the large, rocky, hilly valleys surrounding the central mountain that this river snakes its way up. And you all follow this river up to its source, which is a large lake large enough so that it would take you like probably a couple of minutes or so to be able to cross its width, uh, but not so large as uh, for you like not to be able to like hear or see something that would be on the other side. And uh, you see as the shallows of this lake move towards this deep, dark depths of its center and towards uh, the opposite side of this lake from where you all are, you see the cliffs of uh, some of the hills surrounding this mountain at which you see the opening uh, of a cave. Avery and Bryn, the two of you upon getting here immediately can tell that the strongest source of this hum is coming from the lake coming from somewhere deep, deep within the lake, but bellows out with a force stronger than what Avery has ever felt, for sure, with its slow, continuous thrumming. And you believe that this lake, this cave, this area, this kind of place is your destination in some way. Can I investigate a little bit? Yeah, sure, 100%. Uh, You are using your investigate move, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. All right, your investigate move, when you investigate a scene in detail, roll plus vinegar. Cool, gonna roll my digital dice. Digital style. I'm fucking rolling. (laughs) I'm I'm not even in my grave yet, but I'm rolling in it. (laughs) That's a 10. Hmm. On a 10 plus, you get to ask two of those questions. 10 from the pixels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the wizards inside my box enchanted the little cube. (laughs) They favor me, okay, Marcy? So. (laughs) 
All right, which of those okay. questions do you want to ask? Two questions. You um, get two of I them. I would love to know, is there something dangerous here? What and where is it? And then, is there something hidden here? What and where is it? Okay. I think as uh, the group of you start to, like, move around this lake, like, kind of, like, examining the area of, like, the open mouth of the cave, uh, the the lake uh, itself, and just kind of the surrounding area as, like, uh, I think uh, Captain Hano uh, and Katarina are kind of scouting out the edges, making sure that, you know, there's no one in the immediate uh, vicinity. Uh, you find yourself pulled in by the lake. Not quite physically, but I think the answer to is there something dangerous here is that you feel this place as being the source of that hum, of that overbearing feeling of the inevitability of your death. I think as you stare into the waters, into their depths, there is this part of you, this tugging sensation of uh, just walk in, meet your end. If it is inevitable, why not now? Why not here? Come with us. And that tugging sensation deep at the bottom of this river. Oh, call of the void. I don't know about Avery, but that's enough to convince me, to be honest. <laughs> I'm convinced. You feel that pull. You aren't quite sure what, but whatever is at this bottom, the bottom of this, like whatever's deep in these depths, that is the source of this hum is dangerous in the way that it seems to call for you in the way where it wants you to be there with it, that it is in some way lonely, in some way desiring company, and you can fill that void. Is there something hidden here? I think as you are standing, uh, as you are walking around the edges of this lake, kind of, again, looking at the area, feeling yourself pulled towards here, I think you see, leading from the mouth of the cave to the lake, you see a well-worn footpath. And by that, I don't just mean, this is a trail that somewhat like this, that has been like walked uh, often, it is that, but I do quite literally mean that within the grass uh, of the area from the mouth of the cave to uh, the foot of the lake, there is a set of footprints that have, uh, are so perfectly well-worn in its consistency that they are literal footprints that have made a path rather than just a flat path where people have walked, if, I, if that makes sense. Where you are seeing the indents of dead grass where someone has tread and continues to tread continuously in the exact same pattern, who knows how many times, to get to the point uh, of where it is now. But there's no sign of anybody or anything that would have made that track. Is the yeah. track itself just human? Like, uh, they are humanoid in appearance, a little larger uh, than like just a regular human footprint. Is there any sort of tread to the footprints or are they like 
tread as in like was something being dragged boots and stuff no like boots no. oh stuff. yeah yeah no these like are barefoot these are bare footprints yes <laughs> i thought you said they're human footprints i'm gonna kick your ass <laughs> <laughs> i want to point out earlier the 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 kind of uh kind of bouncing around the question of uh of like is anything here dangerous uh, yeah, I get that you have to give like a more evocative answer, but I just like the idea of Avery thinking like, is anything dangerous? Well, there's this like unseen presence that wants me to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but other than that. Probably bad. Well, it doesn't want you to die. Wants, it doesn't want you to die. Wants you to go into the wants, lake at the bottom. Just wants company. Yeah. Just wants you to sink into the bottom yep. and rest forever. Nasty. Exactly. Yeah. Just take a really nice long water nap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Delightful. You know, how bad could it be just like dipping a toe in the water? Yeah. Is that, you sa- the water. is that you saying Toes? that Avery does it? No. Okay. I'll think about it, but I'm not going to do it. Avery thinks about I think oh. about it. Yeah. Think about a nice refresh- refreshing dip in this um, lake that wants to kill me doesn't want to kill you that wants me to die in the most you know it's i should i i do i do want to be clear that it is not a desire for you to be dead nor is that even really the feeling that you're having it is more of a presence of the inevitability of your death and so if death, it's like if death is Just inevitable it does it matter when it happens so the presence doesn't want him to die. It just thinks he should die. It thinks it just he knows will that I will die. die. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know to what degree there is like while Avery is melancholic, I don't necessarily think that I don't want this condition to seem as if like Avery has to accept melancholy. You know, like he can feel it and also be like. Mm, maybe I shouldn't be feeling that way, right? Because you still yeah, do have the ability. Yeah, I think it's more that just that thought is going to stick more because it's, of exactly. how I feel right now. It's just exactly. going to be a, a more persistent, nagging feeling of like, well, it's inevitable. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the mouth of the cave. Okay. And I'm going to just, because uh, I want to get a better sense of these footprints, I'm just going to like follow the footprints exactly. Like, go to the mouth of the cave and start, like, just, like, whoa. Okay. Stepping in the footprints. Just be, like, and, like, looking at what that path, you know, leads to other than just, you know, straight up to the water. Like, is there something that I see from there? Is there something that I feel from it? Like, I just, I'm like, why is this the path? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. And I'm not saying that anything is going to happen. I'm just saying that that's what I want to investigate. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, while Avery, uh, you all see Avery kind of like staring deep into the water. and then I looking... stare so deep into the water. Like I, you're like, is he about to like just swan dive into this lake? And then you just like see that moment completely like pass from my face. And like, I just walk back to the front of the cave and start taking very deliberate steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is everybody else doing? Thorin at the front of this cave leaves that blue mirror and tries to put it in a way that the sun, at least for the next several hours, will hit it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you can set that up easy. There's no role for that or okay. anything. Bryn, Felix? 
Man, I really want to go in the water. <laughs> you can. You it's are so feeling refreshing. You are feeling the same hum that Avery is. It is not in that same melancholic way. For you, it feels inviting, almost comfortable. But I think while that feeling exists, right? That comfortability, that familiarity, that like, oh, this is home. This is what home felt like, surrounded by driftwood trees, surrounded by this energy, surrounded by this hum. There is this nagging feeling, this whisper of a dozen versions of yourself warning you to stay away from the water. Do not enter these waters, sister. Please, no, it's dangerous. Call of the cathedral, it is here. I have a really interesting question for you. Mm-hmm. Time stands still. Uh-huh. Do you need to breathe? Yes. <laughs> Why? What is this question? What is this question for? What are you trying to do? Also, you're a ghost. Well, now, hang on a second. You're a ghost. You don't need to breathe anyway. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, That's but true. other people... Are you going to freeze time and throw Avery in the water? (laughs) (laughs) Freeze time and just give Avery a little push. That wouldn't be good. That would be bad. If everyone came to the water with me and then time was frozen, are your cells They would still have to breathe. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You would still have to be able to breathe. Yes. Sounds fake. You sure about that? If, the, if you're bringing them with you, I assume that you're choosing them to not be affected by time standing still. In no, which it, it case, does track. They yeah. would need to breathe. Yeah. Water doesn't what stop if you being didn't? water. What if we were frozen? <laughs> then as soon as you were unfrozen, you would drown. <laughs> <laughs> Physics, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is there anything? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, uh, I just wanted to, I was having a little brain puzzle. Um, I think that Bryn most likely, like, stays slightly, uh, like, elevated and hovers over the center point of this source of water. You called it a lake. How big? Um, it is a good, like, mm, it's, uh, I'm bad at sizing things. It's big. Like football <laughs> field across? I mean, that wouldn't be a... That'd be a pond. Oh, that could be a lake. A football field isn't that... Like, 100 yards isn't that big for a lake. We'll give it 300 yards. We'll give it three football fields uh, across. In diameter? Yeah. Or in right, and then uh, in diameter? In diameter. Okay. But you see, as it gets closer towards the, the center, it gets exponentially deeper. It almost becomes concave in a way as if there were like a hole punched out of the center of uh this lake i am gonna hover over the center for a second here yeah for sure i forgot i we i i uh uh, i remember captain hano uh you know asked you to come and like to bring what did you bring to anchor you oh shit away from the ship we could just say, like, we. this isn't like a, did you bring something? Like, I'm assuming you brought something with you. You can just decide what that is. Now, again, it doesn't have to be a thing that you are actively holding on to. It has to just has to be something that you're nearby. So you could have given it to someone as well to hold on to, if that is a thing that you would be comfortable with. Fuck it. Hano has the fucking, uh, the, the eye from the helm. Oh, she brought the eye? Okay, interesting. Okay, yeah, for sure. 
Um, I th- she can have it like in a satchel that's alongside her. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. Oh shit. So yeah, Why did I do that. Uh, so yeah, you oh, uh, you are floating above this lake, looking deep into its depths below, feeling the call, feeling the hum, hearing the whispers of yourselves warning you of what lies beneath you. I think that Bryn wants to try and traverse this water momentarily to try and understand it without Mm -hmm. being noticed or without being apprehended. Um, I think that this lake and this, this, the, the, the water below feels like an entity of its own. Okay. Um, Almost oppressive, alluring and enticing as it is. The thought goes through her head of like, well, what, once I'm inside of it, then what? How about this? I will allow you to enter the water. Upon doing okay. so, I will allow you to size up the water and the hum and what okay. lies beneath. Of course, at the risk of what that means. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> okay. Dope. Roll plus vinegar. Let me get my water dice out. Okay. <laughs> this one's kind of like water. You see, audience, this is where the fun happens. I'm scared. I'm about to get my Chris Angel mind freak on. Alright, rolling my plus vinegar dice. That's an eight. On a seven to nine. Well, on a hit, you hold two. On a seven to nine, they, the water, holds one. And you will spend a hold one for one to ask any of the following questions. I think the the scene of this is as uh, Avery has been like tracing these steps from the mouth of the cave back up to the lake. As you get to the foot of the lake, you see uh, Bryn lowering herself down into the water. And as her feet break the surface, the water ripples out from her. Uh, And you can feel this kind of whoosh of the hum disperse from the water as you, Bryn, feel yourself attuned somewhat to a force, a pull in here. I am going to ask two questions, two of them, two whole freaking ones. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, First one. Freaking, what sort of treasure are you carrying, baby? What freaking, what? What kind of jewels? What kind of trinkets? What kind of mm, little gems? As you break the surface of the water, your body becoming enveloped in the waves of this lake, you feel from deep, deep below a presence and an image forms in your mind of something deep underwater, large, ovular, of black stone, of meteorite. You feel at the bottom of this lake, or, well, what else could it be but the black egg? Let's go! My second question mm-hmm. is, how could I get you to allow my companion safe passage? Man, that's some wording, huh? I think you hear a voice in your mind, dark, heavy, compassionate, but sturdy. All are safe amongst the way. All who come under my watchful eye 
all who float the endless sea to me are safe. You as well. And the question they will ask is, How could I get you to join us, daughter of Driftwood? I think in this moment, you become very, very aware of whom it is you are speaking to. Yeah. This is an entity that you have heard of. Yeah. Spoken of in legend as the keeper of the Driftwood Cathedral, the watcher over the dead, the ferryman of the landless sea. Oh, this is like bad news. This is like bad news bears, huh? That's cool. This is the person who constantly has pulled for you and those like you, those on the brink, the precipice between life and death, the one whom you've avoided for so long. I'm a big boy. I'm a tough guy. I'm not scared of a little man with a boat. I think Bren responds out loud, I guess. It's quite a sour bargain you offer. I suppose for me to join you would mean that I would have to see that my work here has also been done. I have fulfilled my duty and done right by those who I serve. Only then will I let myself rest, and your grasp will remain out of reach. It is a fool who believes them outside of my reach. All float here eventually. Some, it takes longer. Some, much sooner. We will see which you are. Hey, Bryn. Oh. Can I get you to stand your ground really quick? I'm on the water. I'm not on the ground. It's crazy. Well, that's a shame. Can I just double check? Is Bryn making any contact with the water? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't positive if, like, it had, like, pooled a little bit, like, yeah, avoiding yeah, yeah. her or if she was actually touching it. Like, I'm still imagining, like, partially like, floating out of the water, but, like, I'm imagining, like, knees down is in the water. And what you see and what some of you around uh, would see uh, and what Bryn would feel is liquid arms forming out of the water, wrapping themselves around Bryn's torso, grabbing up around the shoulders and starting to pull her down. Bryn, if you would stand your ground from being compelled into... Uh... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm getting some real special dice for this one. Of course. Who are you spending bond with? I would yell out Fuck, to you man. when I see you even doing any of this with the Yeah, Thorn would be walking over yeah. as well. I, I think I think I think Oh shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do it. No, oh, come on, come on. What what were you thinking? I do have bond with Damien. I don't think Damien Oh Damien <laughs> could if you want to make a bargain with Damien, Damien could probably help you get out of this. We're right here. Like I mean yeah. we could <laughs> No, no, like, I before hear. you make a deal with a literal devil, no. can you just... No, I know, I know. It's just a thing where it's like, that would be fucking nuts. 
Thorin would be so um, pissed. Avery is like at the side of the water, like has taken all the steps to it and is poised next to it, like crouched down by it. It's either that or I do have Bond with the ship, which is like clinging to like my form. And so it's my question is, does Bryn cling to does Bryn cling to the physical form that holds her or to the people that are in her life? And I think in this moment, Bryn clings to Avery. And I think I use a bond with Avery. Spend X bond and then roll plus X. Ooh, okay. That's a fucking six. Can I ask one quick question about the lake? Yeah. I know you said it was like super deep, but is it like drop off deep? It's like or is there's there a, like you can wade into. You it? can wade into it. There's a certain point where it drops off, but you could wade into it. I can either wade or not, but if I see that Bryn is is Bryn being like pulled underwater? Yes, Bryn is. I can't spend any bond because I'm melancholy. But Ooh, that's true. But I would wade into the water to like distract or help or whatever I can do. Okay, so. Bryn, uh, you feel that roll take one experience point. Um, ooh, you've just failed, failed. So that means I get to make a hard move, uh, which yeah. is wonderful for me, as always. Uh, I think you're going to take harm. I think you're going to take harm from this, is, is what uh, the first thing that's going to happen. I healed up from the, the night before, right? Yes. Okay, cool. You are going to take two harm for this. As uh, all of you see watery arms form up from the water, wrap around Bryn, grab her and start pulling her down. And you can see as water begins to mix and meld with her celestial kind of ethereal ghost-like form. For you, Bryn, there is this searing pain as you feel water begin to... uh, mix with your body and spread out like roots uh, from where their hands are gripping you along the shoulders. And the like the the whispers of yourself are screaming in your head, begging for you to escape. Uh, what is everybody else doing as uh, you start to see uh, Bryn being pulled under? I know uh, Avery said that uh, he was starting to wade out into the water. Thorn, what are you doing? This appears to be like a life or death situation right now. It doesn't seem great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, this definitely feels like something is trying to take Bryn. And there's really only one thing that Thorin would do. I'm going to be using my ink move. Ooh, yes. So, of course, I have to roll first. Yeah. So, uh, your ink move. Uh, we decided that you can use the break in or out move for multiple people. Right. Uh, is it multiple people or just one person? Uh, an additional one. Uh, an additional one additional person, person right? So my breaking her out move uh, allows me to roll plus blood, and by some magics, which will be explained shortly, uh, through this tattoo, will allow me to break in or out with another person with me. It allows me to take someone with me, not just take myself. What you all see is. From Thorin's stomach and chest, you start to see a golden glow. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, Yeah, this rolls. Okay. As you are being taken down by these watery hands and they're pulling you down, 
we see Thorn go, Burn! And as he shoots his own arms out, golden arms extend from his chest and stomach and wrap around you to pull you up. And I will now roll to see if I am successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I rolled a six plus one, that's a seven. Okay. Uh, on a hit you've gotten out, you're going to choose one from the break-in or out list. On a seven to nine, I'm also going to choose one. The one I'm going to choose is suffering harm or weakness, as I think the tendrils probably realizing that I'm pulling her out, maybe try to... Yeah. As you are running out into the waters to go grab Bryn, you feel the tugging and everyone else sees as other watery arms come out of the lake and start grabbing uh, Thorin as well, trying to pull him back and also kind of down and under as well as your golden arms stretch out uh, to grab and release Bryn uh, from her grasp. Um, how much harm? Oh, sorry, uh, you were going to take two harm as well. The uh, one that I am going to choose is that you are going to lose track of something important. That something important is Avery also ran into the water to go help Bren. And as Avery starts running out into the water, you, of course, get ahead of him to grab Bryn. Avery, you start to feel yourself pulled down by this water as well. And uh, as all of this is happening, Felix, what, what are you up to? If I am seeing that that Avery is being similarly like pulled down, yeah, I'm gonna use Dark Magician. I'm gonna do some magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, we roll. Oh, <laughs> yes, indeed. That's an eleven. Oh shit! All right, uh, on an eleven. Or did you spend one luck or two luck? I'm spending one luck. Got it. Uh, so on a, t uh, on a 10 plus, you can choose which of those powers you get. Mm, I'm going to choose that, uh, that third one there. Bellius. For a scene, you may create a chittering flying shadow servant who does your bidding. I'm going to flavor this a little differently. Please. I'm going to say this is an arm of smoke that extends from Felix's own arm. Uh -huh. Three different types of arms just hanging so out. So many in this arms cave. going on here. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta fit with the theme, don't you? You do, yeah. And and yeah, he is he is extending this uh this sort of this sort of shadowy hand to uh to try to try to pull Avery out. Yeah, for sure. Amazing. Uh give me what are we gonna do here? I think you can use these uh the smoke hand to essentially like try to fight away like the uh the these water arms that are trying to grab sure. uh at Avery. I will say either this, you can strike or shoot to try to fight the water arms, or you can use the smoke arm to be able to spend rank with Avery to assist Avery on a stand your ground roll, since Avery at the moment can't. Uh, essentially what this will, if you spend rank with Avery right now, I will allow Avery to roll uh, as if they have spent bond uh, for the stand your ground roll, since at this moment, they cannot uh, spend bond yeah. and thus would be forced to be compelled. I don't know that Felix would try to fight water. Yeah. So I, I, I think I think his his thought is to is to pull Avery out. And so okay. I think it would be assisting in the um in the standard ground. Yeah. 
So, Avery, as you are, like, trying to, like, trudge out and wade amongst the water to go get Bryn, you see Thorin run out ahead of you, golden light uh, coming out of his chest and stomach, grabbing uh, Bryn, and you feel yourself as watery arms reach up from around uh, and behind you, grab you by the shoulders, start to pull back and start to pull you down, and you feel that desire again, that home, that feeling of uh, why not now? Why not join this hum, this infinite thrumming, this wholeness? You will eventually. And as you are feeling that, you see uh, you see uh, Felix's like smoke hand reach out and try to grab for you as well. What does Avery do in this moment? Can I feel anything like more sentient about that hum like is there something that i feel like i can connect with more being in the water At, when you come into that water that feeling of desire that feeling of join us becomes way more physical in a way that feels more like you are hearing the whispers if you are hearing voices call out to you join us please now is your time. Now is a time. Why not whisper? I'm gonna like whisper like back to it. Now is a time, but it is not the right time. I will join you, but not yet. How may I know you better in order to join you? I think you get an image in your mind, the same that Bryn got, that of the dark, black, ovular stone that you feel deep at the bottom of this lake. Do you wish to keep this, or is it merely a temptation for others to find? I think you get a sense of when you see that image that this is not a thing that this presence is keeping, it is mm -hmm. the source of this presence. It is the source of it. It is the thing that you are communing with in this moment. Is this the place that you must stay? Or am I to come curry you elsewhere? I think you feel and hear the whisper. There's so much to see. So much to be. This place. It is one of many, and I have only seen it. Take me. Only if you promise not to take me in return at this time. Sounds like you're trying to parlay. Sure. All right. When you parlay with an interested party, offer something and roll plus polish. That's an eight. On a seven to nine, they want to see you hold up your end of the bargain first, or they change the terms. The fates decide. I think as these watery arms are reaching up around you, Felix, you are reaching out with your smoky arm, but you see Avery not turn towards you in reach of aid, but instead look further into the lake, into its depths. And Avery, you feel the force respond. If you or to take us. It is not we who shall decide, but our keeper. Go, find her, 
in the darkness of the cave. Bring her that which you have brought, and she will decide if you are worthy to carry us. And I think it dawns on you, you all have brought something that has led you here. The black coin that was found on the beach. Oh, the coin. So, so, wait, so it wants me to go get the coin, go elsewhere in the cave now? It has told you to go to bring the coin to the person in the in the cave, and that person will decide if you can take it. Who has the coin? Uh, Captain Hano does at this point, I believe. Okay, I'm going to whip around to look at Hano, and I will just yell, I need the coin. Cutting quickly to... Uh, I think as the golden arms uh, from Thorin have broken apart the watery arms from around Bryn, Bryn, you find yourself freed from that watery grasp, free from that pain. Uh, and the arms kind of fall back into the water with light splashes as they deform. And Thorin, you find yourself, uh, you, you're able to grab and like pull. Yeah, as, as soon as the arms can reach Bryn, Bryn, you feel these, uh, I don't know if Bryn is accustomed to feeling warmth, but you do feel uh, warmth kind of surround you with these arms. They reach around you, and you are quickly and swiftly pulled uh, back to Thorin onto the shore. And when that happens, I think you kind of... Uh, hit Thorin with some force. You're pulled back so quickly. And you both fall to the ground. The golden arms fall away and recede back into Thorin. And now you just feel Thorin's arms wrapped tightly around you. And uh, you, you hear him say, Oh, Brynn, are you all right? And he's, he, he, he's, he sits up with you and he's looking at you to make sure nothing's Injured that you're not leaking. He's looking over you. He's like, oh, Bryn, love, are you all right? I believe I'm all right now, Thorin. I, I'm not sure what overcame me. It's a, I believe what we came for is at the bottom of this lake, but it appears it isn't what is theirs. And uh, I think Bryn kind of scans around the, the water. Avery, is Avery all right? And then uh, Thorin looks over in the direction of where Avery is. I think while keeping a hand kind of on Bryn. Yeah. Yeah, and then that's when Avery has turned around. And I guess before we get Captain Hano's response, I'm interested, Felix, how does Felix feel being having his assistance rebuffed? I mean, you know, Felix doesn't really know all that much about, you know, magic stuff, but he knows that magic stuff is involved in this whole thing somehow. And his assumption is that whatever is in this lake has essentially overcome Avery. I think Felix starts to believe that he is about to see Avery die. Mm -hmm. As uh, Avery, you call out to Captain Hano. Captain Hano, who's on the edge of uh, of the lake, uh, her and Katarina having like just watched all of the shit go down. <laughs> and you call out being like, I need the coin. She goes, what? Give me the coin now. Uh, Hano, uh, like, pats herself down, like, going through, like, all of her, like, jacket or pants and stuff, finds the coin, and, like, oh, okay, and, like, just tosses it to you. Okay, yeah. I will, like, swipe it straight out of the air and just book it straight for 
the cave that I was walking from. Yeah, you, I mean, you walk uh, straight down the path. You all see Avery as he, uh, a, a man on a mission, <laughs> uh, blazes a path to uh, the edge of the cave. Does the water just, like, let me go? Yeah. Like, I, what's the deal then? Because As you are walking out, uh, all of you are seeing as the arms of the water, like, slowly sliding off uh, of Avery, like, almost reluctantly letting go as uh, uh, as you take your uh, first couple of steps out of the lake. And you feel this, Avery, you feel this almost like pained, like almost the feeling of when you have to finally like break from the hug of someone you're not gonna see for a long time. That is the feeling you are getting as these arms uh, unwrap themselves from you, allowing you to go uh, back towards the cave. Yeah, I think that is a, a painful feeling to have brought up, like you say, because that is actually a somewhat recent feeling before Avery went on this mission. Yeah. But yeah, I will. I'm, I'm solely focused on going immediately to this to this cave. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you immediately, everybody sees as Avery stomps towards the cave. You get to the foot of the cave. It is dark, dark after uh, the first couple, like, dozen or so feet from the light that is entering this cave. Your tall shadow silhouetted uh, in uh, the opening uh, of it. And I think from the mouth of the cave, you can hear deep, deep down the low, like, muttering almost whispering and grunting, echoing and bouncing off the walls of the cave from deep down. I I follow it. I follow, yeah, deep into the cave. Okay. What do the rest of you do as you see Avery go down into this cave? Thorn's so tired. <laughs> I'm also very tired. <laughs> Seeing that, Thorn stands up with Bryn, and Thorn looks at you, Bryn, and, and says... I think we ought to follow the rabbit down the hole and uh, kind of starts to, I think he wants to take your hand and start running if you'll let him. I don't think he wants to let go of you. I think that as Thorin grabs Bryn's hand, Bryn once again levitates slightly um, and you feel that the weight shifts in the way that you have like hold her and almost as though that you could run just pulling her along. That, and that's exactly what he does. Yeah. Uh, Felix. I think Felix uh, he hesitates, but but runs after, I guess runs after Thorn and, and, and Bryn. He like catches up a little bit and he, uh, and he, and he says to Thorin uh, as, as they're running, when we are done with this, I would love to have a conversation about the fact that you um, made some magical arms yourself. Uh. I found that rather interesting. I'll mark it down in my calendar. <laughs> it was extraordinary, though, wasn't it? Oh, yes. I think Bryn's eyes are kind of like big, like saucers, like in, in astonishment. Oh. Uh, Thorin blushes, and he says, ah, I'll put it on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Hanno and Katarina quickly follow behind all of you as well. Bryn looks back at the Felix and then goes, well, Thorin wouldn't be a part of our crew if he didn't have a bit of flourish, I suppose. I think Thorin smirks at that and keeps running. Yeah, I actually think I actually think Felix like kind of smiles. Yeah, 
The group of you uh, keep running, led by Avery. Uh, you've got this coin in your hand, and you're noticing as you are further moving down uh, into the cave, you can feel, you've always been able to feel the hum from this coin just because it is a piece of meteorite. It is a strong source of this hum, but it is almost literally vibrating in your hand as you get deeper and deeper into this cave. And you notice as you're getting deeper that there are these bioluminescent fungi that are uh, growing along the walls and uh, ground of this cave, kind of lighting it as you get deeper past the light of the outside of this cave. And you get deeper and deeper. The, it's vibrating. And you all are just like running to catch up with uh, Avery as you feel this powerful presence, almost pulling you further deeper into the cave until finally... You all reach a part where the mouth of the cave breaks open into this large uh, cavern-like area. Uh, stalactites holding tight to the ceiling. Uh, and a almost kind of a small natural area of moss and bioluminescent fungi and small pools of water dotted along the ground of this cavern. And you see at the end of this room in a corner, a shrine has been built. It is uh, made of wood and stone and vines tied together uh, with a small, what looks like handmade candles along uh, the sides of it lit and hunched over not like just in front of it is this large furry person painted with glowing purple and teal uh, uh, designs along their back and long hair, large kind of fluffy ears. Whatever this person is, it's very reminiscent in a lot of ways of Dr. Blau. You believe that th this person is potentially the same, uh, same kind of person. Uh, this is a, a, an Anafash. Uh, they are uh, an indigenous uh, people of Espanora, large fur-like people, big furry ears, and uh, uh, like kind of small, like short tails uh, that uh, drag behind them. But this person, you can see uh, in the dim lighting in here, has these large black horns that seem to be made of some kind of uh, stone-like material and a uh, third arm growing out of the back uh, around their like right clavicle and like bending and angling themselves up made out of the same material of their horns. And it's just kind of laying itself uh, along their shoulder. And you see as you all like kind of like come and like run up to like this opening, like into this room, you see this person who's hunched over slow, like just slowly like breathing and muttering to themselves. This room is filled with the sounds of them almost kind of what seems to be like talking to themselves. And they haven't recognized that you're here yet. Are there markings at all reminiscent of Bryn's magic and such. Yes. Bryn, 
you've seen this person before. Yeah. <laughs> in the vision you had just yesterday. Yeah. I think as we all stand there in silence, observing this entity, I think Bryn, holding Thorin's hand still, takes a step forward and cocks her head. Sister, is that you? I heard your call, and we've come. Muttering stops, and it becomes still and silent. You see as the figure slowly leans up and turns in your direction. You all see that she has what looks like dirty bandages wrapped around uh, her eyes uh, and head. She turns to look in the general direction of where you are and says, Sister, you've come and you've brought lives. All right, good job, gang. Uh, let's do our uh, end of session questions real quick here. Avery, did you defeat a major foe? No. Gain significant treasure? Maybe. Eh, mm. Not yet. You're close. I mean, we got the fucking. That's a coin. Yeah, you got yeah. the coin. But, but that was the thing you all already had. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Please pass it back and forth. Pass it back and forth. Power level, power level. <laughs> power it's power for level, you, it's for level. you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, accomplish one of your character's goals this session? I don't think so. Okay. Thorin, uh, did uh-huh. you defeat a major foe? Mm. I wouldn't say defeat. You more... I think defeated. Yeah. Uh, did you gain significant treasure? <laughs> nope. Did you look cool as fuck? Uh, yeah. Uh, did you uh, complete one of your uh, character's goals this session? <laughs> nope. All right. Felix. Yes. Did you defeat a major foe? No. Gain significant treasure. No. Accomplish one of your character's goals. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. would say so. He wanted to wanted to talk with Katarina, and I think he actually, you know, I, I said he wanted to get a kind of a vibe check on everyone else, and like everyone kind of did that on their own, like yeah, with the exception of maybe Avery, but like yeah, yeah. Thorin was being nice to him, and Bryn yeah. was like kind of joking around with him, so yeah, it seems. Seems like things are going okay on that end. All right, cool. You get to mark one experience, add one rank, uh, uh, add one to your rank with someone, or clear all of your weaknesses. I'm gonna get me an experience. Okay, cool. Uh, Bryn, did you defeat a major foe? Mm-mm. Gain significant treasure. Mm-mm. Or complete one of your character's goals this session. Um, not yet. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think the conversation was the goal for Bren. Yeah. Or at least to, like, speak with, like, I mean, yeah, we shared words, but, like, didn't speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I get you. Okay, sounds good. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Whispers in the Sea. This has been uh, quite the little session here, huh? Uh, we will, uh, we'll just have to see what, hap- uh, what happens now that Aviva's here, and Maybe we'll find out a little bit more about this egg that seems to be calling to everyone. <sighs> I like playing games with my friends. Me too. I miss y'all. Likewise. I miss y'all too. And we missed you too. We miss wow. you too, audience. And Zach. Yippee. Yippee. All right, everybody. Uh, hey, uh, Gus, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet on websites such as Twitter, 
Instagram. That's it. That's uh, the, those are the only ones. Uh, you can find me at August un- underscore. Fuck, is there an underscore? Yes. Yes. August underscore Nobby. That's K-N-O-B-B-E. Uh, you can also, if you feel, if you're, if you're, if you want, follow, you can follow my band on, uh, on Instagram. They're very good. We're sort of going, undergoing a bit of a rebranding. You can find us on Instagram at Sponk Band, S-P-O-N-K Band. One word. Oh, new name. Check us out. We're doing, we're doing, we're, um, yeah, things are, things are. Gus is very talented, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, extraordinarily so. I will oh. not make that claim. <laughs> well, we will. We will yeah, for I you. I guess. Yeah, Gus, yeah, yeah. Gus was born to tickle that ivory, I tell you. Ah, <laughs> Singular? The singular. The Gus can only ivory. play one, one key. <laughs> but damn, do I do it well. Yeah, Boy, howdy. Yeah. All right. Hilda, uh, where can people find uh, this uh, podcast on the internet? Um, at Tales Yet Told, pretty much anywhere on the internet. And you can come find us and talk to us and tell us all kinds of wonderful things in our Discord, which is linked in all of our social media places. Yeah. Amazing. Marcy, where can people find you on the internet? You know, this is the season of rebranding. Um, I got a new at, y'all. Yeah. Um, so still Twitter as always. I'm still posting nonsense um, I'm still posting life updates and just scantily clad images. Um, you can find me at Chipped Canine um, on Twitter. I don't. I'm trying to think of the timeline of this. Not yet. I am. We'll have a YouTube uh, channel coming soon for me. Um, I'm working on a video project. I've been a bit delayed with some kind of unexpected illness. But there is a a long form uh, video project that we had y'all's way soon. So, yeah, very nice, excited. And Ellis, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at horror writer, which is spelled W H O R E underscore or underscore the word writer. Awesome. Uh, and yeah, you can find me everywhere on the internet at Kendo Makes Films. Uh, and uh, you can uh, find uh, the uh, actual play live stream that I do, Prayers in the Static, which is uh, kind of like the, the child of Tales Yet Told, uh, over on uh, twitch.tv forward slash nameless domain every other Friday at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, we play sci-fi TTRPGs and telling stories in a shared world uh, that we are slowly building with the people that we're playing with as we play them. We've got a lot of really, really cool things coming down the pipe, and if you want to know more about it, better go follow us on social media so you can uh, keep in touch with all that stuff that's going on there's something new coming soon there is something new coming soon and i'm very excited about it uh it's gonna be very dope um yeah that's all i've got but you know what else don't forget fam to go out eat enough food drink enough water get enough sleep and take care of yourself because self-care is very important especially in the times we're living in right now and don't forget to love yourself like we love you Bye. 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 Bye.
proud member of the Rainbow Roll Network. Rainbow Roll. Our stories, our voices.